You're listening to Venture Vignettes, a podcast that features learnings from trailblazers in entrepreneurship and investment. I'm your host, Rihanna Shah, and today on the show, we have Morgan Simon, impact investor extraordinaire and author of Real Impact, The New Economics of Social Change. Thanks for tuning in. Over the last decade, Morgan has influenced over $150 billion in capital and has been a trailblazer in the field of impact investment. Thank you for being on the show, Morgan. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, to start out, would love to hear more about how you got involved in impact investing because uh, you're one of those people who've been in it forever before it was a, a hot trend in philanthropy and development. Sure. So I think like many people, I've always been really excited about social change and trying to figure out as an activist what was the best way for me to engage and being a white middle class American of, you know, where's my particular role. And I grew up in Los Angeles, did a lot of work with immigrant communities in downtown LA, and really learned the difference between solidarity and charity of what it means to to love other people the same way you love your family and friends. And within that, seeing the myriad of challenges that these families faced. So whether it was housing insecurity, education, workforce challenges, the way that all of those issues at the end of the day connected back to economic autonomy and economic opportunity. And I saw that within impact investment was the most direct path to really think about bettering the economic welfare of of members of society and also recognizing that that's where I had the most power and leverage. Um, So I went to Swarthmore College in Pennsylvania. It has a billion dollar endowment and in general colleges and universities control over 400 billion across the country. So, yeah, and I think we often forget that therefore they have this incredible leverage within markets to really affect social change. So I started working as a college freshman, really looking at how I could influence the college's endowment. And here I am 17 years later, having spent my career in impact investment. Would love to hear a little bit more about impact investing in general. So what is it that makes an investment impactful and how are you sourcing these investments? Now, impact investment in general is, is often defined as investments that have some sort of social or environmental intention. And one of the things that we need to remember, the Merriam-Webster definition of impact is to impinge upon, especially forcefully. And that means that you might do so in a really positive way for the world or in a more negative way. And it's up to us as sort of imperfect human beings that we are to figure out how to have the most positive impact possible. So there's a couple principles that I tend to think about in my work, um, and that's really about across sector and geographies, how do we look at the difference between gradual change and actual systemic change, right? So it's one thing to have slightly cleaner sources of fossil fuels. It's another to be investing in clean energy. It's one thing to bring people from 2 to $3 a day. It's another to bring them to middle class within a generation. So we really try to look at what's the opportunities to work on a much more systemic level. And that also means that we think a lot about how to add more value than we extract through our investments of how do we make sure rather than making people a little better off but to really get to investment structures that are fair. Hmm. That's fascinating. So it seems like we're in a very bustling place since we're in our office today in Oakland and it looks like you're located next to Greenpeace, 350.org and some other really cool organizations instead of being in an investment bank, could you talk more about this space and what is it that made you choose this space? Sure. In general, a lot of my work is about building a bridge between finance and social justice. And a lot of the concepts in Real Impact, the book, 
is about how do you really build that bridge and nurture it and kind of take the best from both communities. And part of that is to be in long-term relationship. And for us, that meant co-locating. Um, but certainly we have very active investor networks in the work that we do in the context of doing diligence and seeking investments. We certainly have very active investor networks in terms of the work that we do and making sure that we're up on industry trends. And that means we also need to be up on trends within social change. So whether it's hearing the latest environmental news from Greenpeace, whether it's working with Presente.org on issues in the Latino community, we have an incredible opportunity through this space to be able to be in consistent conversation with activists. And that's something, if we really want to earn the title of impact investors and have that social license to operate, we need to have those direct relationships and accountability. What is it that made you want to write Real Impact in the first place? Because it sounds like you have a lot of really great stories from your 17 years in the industry. And I'm curious what that process was like to write it, as well as what was it that made you finally decide to go ahead and put all your thoughts on paper? Impact investment is at this really interesting moment where we are preparing to scale rapidly that institutions like JP Morgan are saying that we'll have over a trillion in the field within the next decade. There's already one in every $5 under management is under some type of screen vehicle, so about $8.7 trillion. And that means that we're at a really fascinating moment to set definitions of what is impact going to be and who's going to be at the table when we set those agendas. I was really interested in making sure that social justice would be part of that definition moving forward. And that means needing to be a lot more conscious about the needs of grassroots communities, of thinking a lot more about race and gender justice within that, and wanting to create a tool that would be really accessible for people. I think as well, people often think of finance and investments as only topics meant for the wealthy, whereas really we're all accidental billionaires one way or the other through the institutions that we touch. So for example, if you're sitting at a university, the fact that you're connected to this billion dollar or more endowment. So with that, I wanted to create something that people could read on a beach, on a plane, um, to learn about impact investment in a way that really related to them. And then also to create an invitation for the industry to, to think more deeply about impact and what that can mean for the next generation. Um, the process of writing the book was really done given the fact that I have a very full-time uh, <laughs> job, as it were, managing director of Candide Group alongside my partner and supporting multiple clients in, in their impact investment work meant that I had to really carve out spaces wherever I could to make it happen. But I think when you have a lot of conviction about a topic, it makes it pretty easy to do. And I've been thrilled at the reception of the book so far. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, what would you recommend for our listeners who want to be involved in impactful investment practices? What can they do to make sure that they are holding the institutions that are investing their money accountable? Sure. So I think, and I know that there's a lot of different actors within, uh, within the ecosystem. So for everyday retail investors, in the book I do have four easy steps under 20 minutes each of how people can break up with their bank and look for a more local institution, how to talk about your pension fund if you have one and, and what social opportunities might exist, and then also how to do that sort of power mapping to say whether it's every time I get that alumni letter in the mail from my university and my writing back saying, I'm happy to donate, but I'd like to know where the money's being invested, right? So how do you hold those institutions accountable? For entrepreneurs, it's really thinking through in the context of your business model of 
am I just making people or the environment a little better off or am I actually getting to a state of the world that's fair? That's really mm-hmm. thinking much more deeply about inequity. Am I thinking about that in the context of my hiring decisions in making sure that my workforce is reflective of the community that I'm looking to serve in the context of a majority minority world? And then finally, for investors, of really thinking about that cross-portfolio approach that impact investment is now available as a tool mm-hmm. in so many different spaces, but how do we make sure it's really going to mean something? Um, and as investment professionals, how do we make sure that our social education is matching our financial education. And what would you say entrepreneurs can do in order to make sure that they're hard coding some of these values and this vision for a more for a more just world? And um, also as a follow-up, what are some things that entrepreneurs can do when they're looking for investors to make sure that they align with their vision? Mm-hmm. So I'm also co-founder of a nonprofit called Transform Finance, um, and Transform Finance follows three main principles that I'd invite entrepreneurs to think about. The first is engaging communities in design, governance, and ownership of enterprises, that we often tend to treat people as either the workforce or the consumers, but not really the protagonists. So thinking about how do you really broaden that access? Um, And then second, adding more value than you extract. So really looking at the business model and looking at where the dollars are flowing and is the beneficiary community the primary economic beneficiary or is it more the company or the investors, which leads to principle three of balancing risk and return between investors, entrepreneurs, and communities, that everyone is taking on risk within any investment transaction and how do we make sure that everyone is really getting rewarded in that process. And then in terms of seeking out mission-aligned capital, I think it's really about being transparent of what your values and intentions are, and sort of similar to the advice your mother would give you about dating, right, of you really have to be yourself, because (laughs) your core being is going to come out at some point in that process, and therefore you really do want your investors to know you Mm -hmm. and to be fully in line in where you're going. And what's wonderful with the maturation of the impact investment sector is that there's truly somebody for everybody um, in terms of aligned capital that's interested in in different types of risk profiles, return profiles, and impact interests. Hmm. And would you say that impact investment can give comparable returns when compared to more traditional investments? I would actually point to numerous studies that show that they tend to do better. Um, So one from the Harvard Business Review looked at high sustainability and low sustainability practice companies Mm -hmm. over an 18-year period Mm -hmm. and found that the high sustainability companies had twice the market cap in that period and 4% Mm -hmm. productivity gains a year, which there's practically nothing I can think of besides perhaps the computer that's ever created that type Mm -hmm. of consistency. Um, So I think smart companies that are thinking beyond quarterly returns and looking at the long term are really learning that sustainability is a huge asset, um, and particularly with a social license to operate, of knowing that if we're not good to people, right, one, they're not going to be productive um, in working within our businesses, and they're not going to have the economic power as consumers to be able to support our businesses. So even beyond any sort of moral and ethical argument around how we want to treat people on the planet, yeah. there's ample evidence that it just makes good business sense. Yeah. And could you give us an example of an entrepreneur you can think of who's been really effective in some of these things that we've been talking about? So really finding investors who are mission aligned, really being able to hard code the mission into their 
into their vision and into their business practices and are also able to generate really comparable returns? There's so many I could mention, and that's what's Mm -hmm. really exciting about this as a growing field. Um, One company, Uncommon Cacao, uh, Mm -hmm. is a really interesting one for their visionary approach to an entire sector, um, which is that currently in cacao, fair trade cacao will get perhaps two cents more a kilo to farmers, um, which is Mm -hmm. quite abysmal when you think that you might get an extra dollar or two of consumer money on the shelf. And what this company did was to set a margin cap to ensure that farmer associations would receive the majority of the value from the transaction. Mm. Um, And they are now working um, with about 130 chocolatiers, mostly in the U.S. and globally, kind of creating the direct trade chocolate market um, the way that Blue Bottle might have um, for uh, direct trade coffee. Um, So that's the type of an enterprise that's extremely scalable, um, Mm. that is able to have this massive massive social impact globally um, that we get really excited about. Wow, now you're uh, making me want chocolate. one other thing that I've been thinking about to switch a little bit to the to the personal is you've been a woman in investment for a very long time. And I'm wondering in what way has your gender impacted how you've been perceived in the field or just your experience in general working within investment? If we take a look just at venture capital, less than 8% of managers are women and less than 3% are black or Latinx. And this is highly unfortunate for a host of reasons. One, that is we start to move into a majority minority world where the word minority is, is no longer even relevant. It means that we're missing out on huge business opportunities to serve markets. Um, and it also means that in terms of our goals for equity, we're missing opportunities to create a lot of value for communities of color. So that's something where I think from a systemic perspective of really thinking about leadership, both for women and people of color, is really essential. I've certainly become more conscious over the course of my career of of being more of a rarity as a woman investor. And um, two weeks ago when the book launched, I was interviewed live on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange on Cheddar. And when I got into the studio, I was originally quite nervous. Um, And then I looked around the floor of the New York Stock Exchange and found I was the only woman. Oh, wow. When I saw that I was the only woman, it actually is what made my nerves go away because it gave me this incredible opportunity to show a woman's voice in this space and to show how much women's leadership has affected impact investment and the way that that could also impact traditional financial markets as well. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really incredible sight just to sort of walk in and have like 200 men in a room and, and to sort of be the person uh, on the podium. Uh, my younger sister right now is a is also a freshman at Swarthmore, and she's very interested in finance and economics, and she might want to go into investment one day. What advice would you have for someone like her who's young, who wants to go into the field, but may be intimidated at some point by just the lack of representation there? So I think for women, and particularly coming out of a liberal arts context, right, where you may not have um, the same access to some of the resources around business you would at a school that has a, a business school, for, for example, that just being okay with asking questions. And the thing that I feel like I most learned out of my liberal arts education um, was that inquiry, right, that you can essentially approach any topic and figure out the right questions to ask, and that investors 
are essentially professional question askers, right? That's our job. And it's not that we even always have a specific expertise, and particularly for people like me that work across sectors and geographies, I'm never going to be the expert, but I have the network of people to call, and mm-hmm. I've learned to just be extremely transparent about my ignorance in certain areas. And I think that that in particular can be very hard for women. Um, I do think there's always uh, certain um, elements that you'll encounter in industries that are not used to having as many women. So for instance, my name is Morgan Simon, which is two (laughs) men's names, right? So I've had so many years of of emails and phone calls of Dear Mr. Simon, and just recognizing that it's it's nothing personal, right? That, That so many of the dynamics that we confront as women um, are ultimately not about us as people and the extent to which we're able to gather our personal strength and understanding of our role in these spaces and and forgive people when they might make missteps, um, but to stand in our power and do the work that we're here to do. So what advice would you have for career seekers who are looking to go into investing? So particularly in the context of impact investing, what's exciting is that it's such a new and rapidly growing field, right? 119 billion allocated just last year, hopefully up to a trillion over the decade, which means that there's also a growth in the number of firms and funds that are seeking talented people. And my advice would be to really think about how to balance out your financial education if you're coming out of an MBA program or economics with your social education of what are the sources that you're going to have in your life of knowledge to be able to really be well informed about the social and environmental challenges of our day. And then beyond that, think about whether you can intern or or provide some volunteer time to organizations that you're interested in um, is a way that many people in the industry have wound up working their way into jobs or founding their own organizations when they found that there was a market niche that hadn't been well filled. Um, So there's a lot of space and opportunity and I think that's only going to continue to grow. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You can check out Morgan's book, Real Impact, The New Economics of Social Change on Amazon. You can also follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Rihanna Shah. Thanks for listening to Venture Vignettes. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. We'll be releasing new episodes over the next 11 weeks with some awesome people and candid conversation. Thanks for listening.